Good morning. Good to see you here this morning. Glad that you are here. Hey, I'm going to echo what Mike said earlier about our uh, open mic night last night. If you missed that, you missed a lot of fun. It was, it was really a good night. And all of us that were there are proud to say that we knew Travis Steed before he went uh, big time in Nashville <laughs> with his hit song, My Dog Hates You, or something like that. <laughs> something like that. It's a lot of fun. Uh, welcome. Welcome, everybody that's here in the auditorium, all of you who are watching online. We're glad that you're with us. I want to remind those of you online, and, and I guess those of us in here too, next Sunday is Easter Sunday. You know that, right? Those of you who are online, especially if you're in Hillsborough County, I think next week would be a good week to come back to church. Yeah. Easter Sunday. I think that'd be a good week. Now, if you're going to Publix, and if you're going to you know, uh, restaurants, and your kids are going to school, and you're going to work, uh, I think it'd be a good week to all get together again as a family. We'll keep you distanced, we'll keep you, we'll ask you to wear a mask, and we'll keep you safe, but, uh, you know, the online option has been great. What a blessing. But it's not the same. And you miss something when you're not here, and we miss something when you're not here. So, just kind of put that in your back pocket. Heard about a fellow who was interviewing for a job, and the interviewer said, you're asking for an awfully high salary considering you have no experience in this position. And the fellow said, well, yeah. You know, this job for me is going to be super hard because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and, you know, there are times in our lives when we sort of expect a yes, and there's times in our lives when we sort of expect a no. I read an article from a researcher named uh, Andrew Newberg. He's also a, a uh, neurologist. And the title of the article was The Most Dangerous Word in the World. And according to him, the most dangerous word in the world is not that one. It's no. The word no. And here's some of what he wrote. If I were to put you into an MRI scanner and flash the word no for less than one second you'd see a sudden release of dozens of stress-producing hormones and neurotransmitters. These chemicals immediately interrupt the normal functioning of your brain, impairing logic, reason, language processing, and communication. He goes on to say this. In fact, just seeing a list of negative words for a few seconds will make a highly anxious or depressed person feel worse and the more you ruminate on them, the more you can actually damage key structures that regulate your memory, your feelings, your emotions. You'll disrupt your sleep, your appetite, your ability to experience long-term happiness and satisfaction. All of that happens when we are exposed to negativity, especially the word no. And all, we all understand that there are times in our lives when we have to say no, and we have to hear the word no. And there's times we have to make room for no, especially when we're making room for God, right? But boy, I don't want to live on a steady diet of no. no. A steady diet of no, that'll kill your spirit. I think we were created to say yes. And I think we were created to live in a yes. And here's what I mean by that. You know that people that you love, people that you're around, that you enjoy their company, you have a yes in your heart. Or you have a yes in your heart for them, right? We get that. You, know, uh, you think about a parent and child relationship, if it's working like it should. Us parents, and our kids don't believe this, but us parents, 
we love to say yes. We just do. Yeah, we don't always do it. Sometimes we have to say no, but we love to say yes. You know, Dad, can, can we uh, go do this thing with our friends? You know, Mom, can, can uh, have this adventure? Will you allow us this desire of our hearts? We love to say yes. Martha and I spent a week with our grandkids a couple weeks ago. We're like yes machines, you know, and they know it. You know, Timbo and Big Mama, they'll let us do anything. They'll always say yes. But we get that. If a friend comes to you and says, you know, could we have lunch together? Uh, just some things going on in my life. I'd love to just get your opinion. I'd love to bounce it off of you. Could we just, could we just talk? Well, if it's a good friend, our, our inclination is absolutely. Yeah, let's make that happen. And here's something that we all intuitively know, but I'm not sure you really think about it very often. There are people in your life who are just kind of have a predisposed yes towards you. They have a yes in their heart for you. And there are people in your life that sort of have a no in their heart for you. You know, when there's someone that has a yes in their heart for you, they love to encourage you. They love to build you up. They, they believe in you. They, they want to see you grow. They want to see you soar. They want the very best for you. They see the very best in you. They just do. Yeah, sometimes they'll challenge you. And sometimes they might confront you about something, but it's just because they love you. On the other hand, there's people in our lives that just sort of have a no in their heart towards us. And it just seems like they, they like to wound us. And they like to see us torn down. And they seem to love to criticize, find fault. And we communicate that to each other in all kinds of ways, all kinds of subtle ways. You come up to a group of people who are having a conversation, and you're walking up to that group, and you can tell if someone in that group has a yes in their heart for you. They'll make eye contact. They'll smile. Their body language will say, hey, join the conversation here. Come on in. Now, you're one of us. And it just feels good, right? And you also, maybe you've done that and you've walked up to a group of people and, okay, there's people in that group that have a no in their heart towards me. And no one says that. No one says, get away. But you know they see you. But they're not acknowledging you. And their body language, they're, they're closing the circle. They're not opening the circle. And no one says anything, but you know... I'm not invited into this uh, conversation. I'm just not. You drive a car and you get to a four-way stop and you're looking at the car uh, away from you, you know. Who got there first? I don't know. Can I go? Can you go? I don't know. And you can feel a yes or a no through the windshield, right? You just feel it, you know. Uh, yeah, we communicate that all the time. Okay. That's a whole lot of setup and a whole lot of introduction to get to the question that I want you to think about this morning, and it's, I think, a very important question. In fact, I think it's a question that the way we answer it really affects the way we live our lives. Here's my question for this morning. Do you think of God as having a yes in his heart for you? Or do you think of God as having a no in his heart for you? That is a really important question. Do you think of God as a God who has a yes in his heart for you, personally? Or do you think of God who has a no 
in his heart for you personally? It's a simple question, but a lot of people struggle with it. A lot of people really struggle with that question, and again, it affects their lives. Is God a God of yes? Or in his heart, is God more of a finger-wagging, head-shaking, disappointed-in-you kind of God? And the way you answer that question is going to go a long way in determining your relationship with God, and by extension, your relationship with other people. Back in the first century, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to a group of Christians who were living in the city of Corinth, and I suspect after getting that letter that those Christians kind of wondered, is Paul a yes for us or is he a no? Because read that first letter, it's pretty stinging. I mean, and it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty painful. And Paul had planned to go back and see them again, but he had to change his plans. And so he, uh, they're, they're wondering, okay, how are we with Paul? Is Paul a yes? Is Paul a no? Because that first letter we got from him, it, it was pretty hard. And so Paul's going to write another letter to this group. And he's going to address that situation, that issue. But not address it in a way that makes it about his own character. Instead, he's going to address it in a way that uh, say that our, our relationships ought to be grounded in the character in the heart of God. Here's what he writes. Here's how he opens this, this second letter. But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it's always been Yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. I want you to take a really close look at verse 20. I don't know why this verse isn't more famous. I don't know why we don't talk about this verse all the time. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. How many promises has God made? A lot. (laughs) He has made a lot of promises. I did a little bit of research on this. According to one source, God has made 7,457 promises in his word. It's a lot of promises. And Paul doesn't say, many of those promises are yes. And he doesn't say, a lot of those promises are yes. He doesn't even say most of those promises are yes. Paul says, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. All of the promises that God made are yes. God has a yes in his heart for you. God, will you save me? Yes. God, will you forgive me? Yes. God, will you give me a new start? Yes. God, will you give me wisdom? Because I'm having a hard time deciding what I should do here. Yes. Will you give me strength? Will you give me peace? Because I'm going through a really difficult time right now. Yes. God, will you help me be the kind of father, the kind of mother, the husband, wife, son, daughter? Will you help me be the kind of person that you want me to be? Yes. God, will you one day allow me to see what no eye has seen? 
Will you allow me to hear what no ear has heard? Will you allow me to experience what no mind has ever imagined? Is there a possibility that one day I can live with you forever in heaven? And God says, yes. Yes, yes, yes. All of God's promises are yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And that's the yes that you and I are invited to live in every single day. And don't miss that Paul says they are yes in Christ. It's because of Jesus that those promises are all yes. Now, I keep bringing up old songs, old hymns that I sang when I was a child. And then Dave always tells me, we still sing those. Standing on the promises of Christ my King. Do we still sing that? Okay, yes. See, I, have, I don't remember singing that in the last 20 years. But I grew up singing, Standing on the Promises of Christ my King. It's a great song. The, the words are a little bit you know, archaic, but the message is really a great message. And, and the message of Standing on the Promises of Christ my King is we all stand on something. We all stand on what we think is real. And we all stand on what we think is lasting. And we all stand on what we think is truth. And one of the verses of that song is, Standing on the promises of Christ my Lord, bound to Him eternally by love's strong cord, overcoming daily by the Spirit's sword, standing on the promises of God. Those promises that we stand on, They are yes in Christ. All of God's promises are yes. So we live in that yes. Now, if you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, that anchor text that we're using, there are actually two yeses in that passage. There's the yes that I just talked about, that yes to those 7,457 fabulous promises, that yes that God has for us, but there's also a yes that we have for God. Take a look at the passage again. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. That's God's yes to us. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. That's our yes to God. Paul is just introducing another word for yes here. The the Hebrew word for yes was amen. Now, we use amen at the end of a prayer. We think amen means the end. We think amen means let's eat. It's not what it means. In Hebrew, the word literally meant, yes, this is true. Yes, I agree. That word amen, we don't think about it that much, but the Israelites loved that word amen. It was kind of a yes on steroids. And it wasn't just a yes, I affirm that. It was more than that. It was a, that is what we want. It was a, absolutely. And it was a, that is just the way we want it to be. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Absolutely. That is what we want. That's just how we want it to be. Amen. Back in Paul's day, that word amen, it was a powerful word. And what Paul is telling those Christians, what he's telling us, 
is that all those promises in Christ are a yes. But we get to say yes to God as well. Amen. Let it be so. Just the way we want it to be. That's what we're called to do. Now, for the time that I got left, I want to share with you a couple of really simple thoughts about how to go through our week and have a yes week. How to be people who are leaning in to that yes of God. Not just for our sakes. You know, we have an opportunity to be a conduit to other people for the yes that God has blessed us with. So, so the first is this. And again, they're really simple, but yes, I'm a simple guy. Um, the yes of encouragement. Paul tells the church in Thessalonica, in fact, he commands them. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you're doing. Then the Hebrew writer says in Hebrews 3, but encourage one another daily as long as it's called today. Is today today? I think today's today, right? It's not yesterday. I don't think it's tomorrow. Yeah, I think today's today. You need to encourage me today. I need to encourage you today. The person across the aisle, you need to encourage them today. And Paul, or the Hebrew writer tells us why. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And we are always in the process of either building someone up or tearing someone down. And we do it sometimes in overt ways, and sometimes it is really subtle ways. Our body language, a smile, a frown. We do it all the time, and you know, we can't help ourselves. But we can change what we're doing. See, here's the deal. You're going to go to work this week, you're going to go to school this week, and you're going to come across people, and you might not even know it, but you're going to come across people who are discouraged about something. And you're going to encounter people who are really struggling with something. They might not share it with you. And they might be putting on a good front. But they're going to be dealing with something. We have opportunities to come alongside them. We have opportunities to encourage them, to listen to them, to be there for them. You know, your coworker, your Uber driver, the young man or the young woman that bags your groceries at the grocery store. Your interaction with those people can be so fleeting, but we can leave them with a yes. And we've been transformed by God Almighty so that we can walk through life with a heart that just kind of radiates goodwill. It'll be yes encouragement to other people. It's just, it's just so fundamental. Speaking of fundamental, um, there's the yes of acknowledgement. We are on what I really hope is the backside of the most unchristian time in my life worldwide COVID 19. I've got uh, Romans 16 16, greet one another with a holy kiss, all the churches of Christ send greetings. We can't meet together. We can't eat together. We can't serve like we want to. We can't sit close to each other. Right now, I don't know if you're smiling at me or not. Might be. How would I know? We're all wearing masks. I'm meeting people out front here. I don't know what to do. We can't hug each other. You know, fist, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to, I don't know what to do. 
And then when we're all done here, someone's going to stand up and say, stay away from each other and go home. <laughs> That's what we do, right? It's crazy. Now, this verse, greet one another with a holy kiss, I think that was cultural. I think the kiss part is cultural. In fact, that's what I'm counting on. But, <laughs> but the acknowledgement part was not. Paul didn't say, just post this somewhere. Post that, you know, Paul sends his greeting. Just, no, he said, I want you to personally get in each other's lives. I want you to know each other. I want you to greet each other in a personal way, in a real way. I, I want you to communicate, I welcome you into my life. I welcome you. Uh, we're, let's do life together. That's a yes. Which sort of leads me to my, my next point, And that is the yes of valuing others. And we live in a world where, where we are just programmed to think of ourselves. In fact, we're almost programmed not to think of anybody but ourselves. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2, don't do anything from selfish ambition or from a cheap desire to boast, but be humble toward one another, always considering others better than yourselves. And look out for one another's interests, not just your own. In every, every situation, every encounter that we have, we have an opportunity to humble ourselves. We have an opportunity in every interaction to say, you know what, you go first. You first. And I will give you an absurdly simple um, example, but it's something that we all can relate to, and I think it kind of speaks to human nature. You're on an airplane, and the plane lands, and it taxis to the terminal, and it's just about to come to a stop, and everybody unbuckles their seatbelt, and everybody's leaning forward, and as soon as that chime goes off, everybody jumps up to be the first one to get their stuff out of the bin. And then they start jockeying for position to get in line first. So they can be the, you know, the fastest out of the airplane. And you're looking at the guy across the aisle from you, and God forbid he get in front of me. And also, I've got I've to you know, step in, because I don't want to wait five extra seconds to get off the, off the plane. We're like Pavlov's dog waiting for that bell to ring so we can jump up. And I know, again, it's such a small thing. But what if you just said, you know what? Go ahead. Just, here, let me help you with your stuff. Just, yeah, you, you guys go ahead and, you know, you go, go off the plane first. Or you're at Publix and you see the shortest line and you're headed with your cart to the shortest line and you see some lady and she sees it too. And you don't want to break into a trot, but you want to get there first. And so very passive-aggressively, you start moving a little faster, and you know, your buggies are about to collide. Why not just say, you know what? Go ahead. Just give her a smile. Four minutes isn't going to make or break my day. We say no over such stupid things. We need to get in the habit of saying and being a people of yes. Just communicating, I value you as a human being. The world has enough people saying no all the time. It needs more people saying yes. And I don't have to tell you, it is such an unusual thing when you find yourself in the presence of a yes person. You can't miss it. They stand out when you're in the presence of someone who is leaning into the yes. 
Let me end with one more yes. And this is really more of our yes to God. And that's the yes of joy. God invites us into this yes of joy. And it's not because our circumstances are so great. That's not the cause of our joy. And it's not because we're so smart or we're so capable or we're so rich or we're so young or we're so nice looking. And it's not because our lives haven't been touched by suffering, sickness, divorce, tragedy, heartache. It's because all of God's promises are yes in Christ. Why can we find joy as followers of Jesus? Because all of God's promises are yes in Christ. It's where we stand. It's where as Christians we plant our flag. All of God's promises are yes in Christ. And again, it's not a Norman Vincent Peale kind of, you know, the power of positive thinking. That's not it at all. And it's not because things are so easy in our lives because we know they're not. And it's not because, the, you know, our circumstances are so great. They're not. And it's not because we've got everything and figured out and, you know, everything kind of lined up just like we like it. We don't. It's because God made 7,547 promises. And every single one is yes. Every single one find their fulfillment in the life that Jesus lived. And every single promise find their explanation in the things that Jesus taught. And every single one of those promises are paid for by the blood that He shed on the cross. And every single one of those promises are guaranteed because on the third day, He walked out of the tomb. And the Bible doesn't tell us this, but I kind of wonder if Jesus didn't walk out of that tomb going, yes, yes. Yes. I wonder if maybe he wasn't dancing when he came out of that tomb. The yes to joy. Now, the Bible talks so much about yes. Not everybody really realizes how the Bible ends. Everybody reads the Bible. Most of it, no, well, everybody in this room reads the Bible. But not everybody reads the very end of the Bible. And we should, because there's some wonderful words at the very end of Scripture. There's a reason why the book of book ends like it does. Look at Revelation chapter 22, the very end of the book. John writes this. He who testifies these thing, to these things, that is, he who bears witness to these promises, he who testifies to these things says, yes. I'm coming soon. And it may not seem like it's soon to us. As we live and struggle and life and death and all the things we go through, but in in the grand scheme of eternity, it's soon. Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. That's how the book ends. Now, I have, uh, you know, I wanted to back up to another screen, I think. I miss First Chronicles. And I love First Chronicles. As the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. 
And when she saw King David dancing and celebrating, she despised him in her heart. I'm sorry I missed that verse because I love the story of David. And I love the image of that scene as David in the Ark of the Covenant entered Jerusalem. David takes off his shirt and he's dancing. Michael, his wife, is watching from a window and she's disgusted. I live my life in the presence of God. I have one of two options. I can dance or I can be disgusting. I can be a David or I can be a Michael. I can dance or I can despise. We can dance or we can despise. Why don't we dance? I haven't done this in a long time. It's been months, but I'm doing it today. I am giving you an assignment. Um, If you are in the building, on your way out the door, there is a little table with a bunch of cards on it that say yes. I want you to pick one up on your way out the door. If you're online, make a card that says yes. Just get a piece of paper. Write yes on the card. And then I want you to put this card somewhere where you'll see it this week. On your nightstand, on your... No mirror your dresser on the refrigerator. Put it someplace where you'll see it. And then, if you're very bold, I want you to take a picture of yourself or you and your family holding a card that says yes. And I want you to post that picture on our Facebook page. We're going to encourage each other by living this week in a yes. And it's just for us. You know, it's just us, but it's just a way to say, you know, we're going to encourage each other, we're going to acknowledge each other, we're going to value each other. Yes to joy, yes to life, yes to God. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. So, that's your assignment. Take a card, make a card that says yes, post a picture. But the real assignment is to let this week be a week of yes. You know, we we all have to say no sometimes. And we all have no uh, said to us sometimes. But let's make this a week of yes. When we wake up tomorrow when we go to work, when we go to school, when, when we're at home with our family, when we're in the car driving, other drivers around us, when we relax, when, when we uh, laugh, when we love, when we laugh and cry, you know, yes, yes, amen. Let it be so, just the way I want it to be. I'm going to end with prayer this morning. But before I do, I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads. And I'm going to ask you just to allow the yes of God to wash over you for a moment or two. I just want you to immerse yourself in the yes of God. The God who says, yes, I love you. The God who says, yes, I am so delighted that you're living on this earth. The God who says, I created you. Don't you know that? I made you just the way you are. I love you just the way you are. My son died on a cross so that one day we can be together forever. Just take a moment and listen for the yes of God.
And Father, we say to you now, our yes. We will go where you want us to go. We will do what you want us to do. We will give what you want us to give. We'll try to be who you want us to be. But it's going to take your power and your help. So we say, yes, God. Let it be. Absolutely. Just the way we want it. And everyone who agrees with this prayer says, Amen. Now, the lesson, the, the, the message is not quite over. Aurelio is going to wrap us up with this message part uh, with a song. And I, th- Aurelio, I'm sorry. <laughs> Orlando, Orlando, I think we ought to stand up for this song. You both sing this song over here. <laughs>